Bunnies for life. At first, he actually resented the rabbits. There were rabbits living in the high grass of the culvert at the edge on the front yard, near the drainage pipe. He resented them because he couldn't stop watching them. And all that first day, after he left from the window, he thought about them. The next morning, he tried as long as he could to resist looking out to see what they were doing. But eventually, the old man with the still strong hands and copper gold skin and fuzzy tufts of white hair scattered across his head like carnations, sat in the chair by the window with his coffee, looking out across the lawn. In his mind, he'd hear the echoes of laughter on the lawn where his children had played and his grandchildren too. He would hear echoes of their voices as he watched the long grass by the dribbling water, waiting until they came out. The larger bunny, he assumed the mother, always came first. Then, the bunnies came after. And he watched all four of them as he realized he was smiling. Over the week, as he watched, he came to expect that every morning, the mother would at some point wander off from the little ones, and each day she went farther and farther away and for longer, and one of the bunnies seemed to notice she was gone, but the others just ate grass. There was something about the helplessness of them the entirety of it, as if they were actually made out of helplessness. And despite this, they were filled with joy. They looked upon the grass in wonder. Hey, what's this? Then the nibble. After the first bite, always their bodies stilled a beat, as if out of joy over this wonderful new experience. Then the second bite came, and then in a hurry, as if to say, hey, this is good. Then maybe after the second bite, but always after the third, they startled, twitched their heads, looking around for some danger against which they had no defense whatsoever. A danger which, in the end, they never saw coming. Then the baby would look down again and discover the grass in there. Hey, what's this? He liked this show. It was a really good show. And after a while, the mother would return and eat with her children a bit before leading them off back down to their den. Before the sun got too hot, the old man would then go make his lunch. The first day he noticed the bunnies, he didn't even sit down. He saw them, watched a few moments, and then left the room. But the next day, when he saw them again, he sat, watching, unable to pull himself away. Until the mother led her babies away. He'd sat almost two hours, and this made him angry. So, it was two days before he went inside the living room again. The third morning he woke, and as was his custom reached his arm across the bed to stroke his wife's shoulder before realizing, no, she's not there.
The whimper began in his chest, but he pressed his lips tight against it, so only a little squeak came out. His wife was dead six months now, and every morning since came this squeak. The grandkids were in high school. They won't come this summer. They're teenagers. They'll be crazy with self for years now. He was alone, and that's that. Get used to it. He snorted out loud. I don't need anyone. I drove the Red Ball Express right through the Nazi lines. I can do anything. Then he shoved himself out out of bed, went downstairs to make his coffee and breakfast. But this third morning, he pivoted into the front room thinking, don't be a coward. Check if the darn things are even still there. And they were, out on the lawn, and with a huff, he sat, glaring at the baby bunnies until they finished eating grass. After that, he went every morning. Even while making his breakfast, he was already thinking about bunnies. He would sometimes grumble out loud, you silly man, bunnies. Once or twice, he would pick up his coffee, telling himself he was going to go straight out to the workshop. But he always went to the front room and opened the drapes. Always sat down, and he always watched them. He did not give them names. He just called them mother, and one, two, and three. He couldn't tell one, two, and three apart, but he didn't really worry about that. He didn't care. He loved them all equally. One particular Wednesday, the mother led them all out and hopped away as usual. One, two, and three played the, hey, what's this? Surprised at the good grass game. He only heard the motor at the last moment. He looked up to see a orange Mustang with a black stripe moving fast. The mother was in the road. And then the mother was gone from the world. The car's Wisconsin license plate sped away. It didn't stop. Why would it? It only hit a rabbit. The bunnies didn't realize their mother was dead, and they just kept rediscovering grass for the first time over and over. The newly orphaned bunnies had about one more day to live now, if left to their own devices. By the time he realized he was standing, he was already out back in the barn. He could still see one, two, and three before his eyes as he grabbed up an empty seed sack, some mesh netting, and a short two-by-eight plank. And then, moving like a hunter once more, he crept in a wide circle to come around behind the culvert. When his wife died, he didn't cry He went to her grave every day for the first month with flowers and he'd talk to her. But now, as he trotted in a wide loop around his property towards the backside of the culvert, he had to constantly wipe tears from his eyes in order to see. He neared the grassy ditch, slowing down and keeping low, 
Finally, on his belly, he used his elbows and feet to creep to the edge of the little rise. The babies didn't see anything as he slipped the plank in front of their den. They had no escape now. And then he crawled over the top, tossing the mesh right over them in one toss. They were all under the net. Luck had been with him. They were all frozen in fear and gently, he got them all untangled and safely inside the seed sack. He never remembered where he got the box from. Or even going back inside the house, he just remembered the giggling when he finally had all three bunnies safely in the box on his kitchen table, him smiling down at them as they hopped tentatively around the box. Eventually, he covered the box very securely, left it inside a locked closet, and then he went to the nearby Lowe's. It took about an hour to get all the supplies for a large rabbit hutch, wood, chicken wire, and posts. It was another two hours before he had their warren built back on the back porch. He was tired. Then, and it was almost night, he went to bed without supper that night. But he put grass sod in the box with one, two, and three. He carried the box up to his bedroom, put it on the bed, and closed the top flaps before all four of them fell asleep. In the dark of early morning, the sound of the bunnies scrambling against the cardboard woke him. He went outside in his underwear, got several fistfuls of dewy grass, and went back upstairs and tossed it in their breakfast. Then he went down to make his own. He wasn't sleepy anymore. He didn't notice, but he had not suppressed a sob. When he woke up that morning, he hadn't reached for his wife. He had slept with his mind on the bunnies. That morning at the Lowe's, he loaded up at the garden section with sacks of potting dirt and sod and some ferns and a large dish to make a water pond. Back home, it took another two hours to get their hutch all laid out nice, and then he laid one, two, and three carefully inside. They had ten yards of sodded grass to eat and giant ferns to hide under. Lastly, he went out to the culvert and Using a spade, he dug up their little nest. It was covered in the mother's fur. They would know that smell. And tears were running down his face again. Although this time, he was smiling as well. He put their nest in the run and went to take a nap. When he came back later to the shady back porch, they were asleep all curled in a ball inside their nest. Now I'm the papa to three baby bunnies, he said out loud, sitting down to wait for them to wake up. To wake up and decide which grass to be surprised about as they ate. For the next couple of weeks, basically watched them whenever he wasn't eating or in the bathroom. He would watched them until bedtime, and then again first thing in the morning. He would make sure the bunnies were okay before he made his breakfast, 
even before he made his coffee. And then it seemed all at once, in the third week, they were young rabbits. The rabbits were now running and bumping against the edge of the hutch. It was time to take them out to his front yard and set them down. He went back inside to his chair and he watched them eat grass, hop a little bit and eat more grass. And gradually, they hopped different directions. And after an hour, they were separated and all gone. His yard was empty. He stood up very quickly and went out to his car. He drove to the graveyard, parked and walked to his wife's grave. He sat there until dark and told her the whole story of the bunnies and the mother. And he looked out at the sunset and he said, I'll never again see you in the light. That has caused me great pain. Then he looked away from the sun and down at the headstone and said, but in the dark, invisible, I am never without you, my love. I am okay now. I am no longer blinded by the light. He rose and left. That night, he slept very well. And in the morning, he remembered his bunnies were grown and out on their own. And he smiled and said, I am fine, my love. Then suddenly he remembered about the Little League going on in town. How could he possibly have forgotten about Little League? He got dressed and went into town. He found a team that day that needed an assistant coach. He became Coach Altman for the rest of the summer. And by the end of the summer, he was Coach Joe. In the winter, Joe Altman helped keep score for the Pee Wee basketball. And time passed, there was always something with kids that needed free help. And Joe was the best free help around. Joe was never sure if he saw one, two, or three again. He saw lots of rabbits in the yard, of course. And some days he thought maybe he dreamt the whole thing. And then he'd walk out back to look at the rabbit run with the dead grass and smile. Three bunnies brought Joe back to life. And their names were one, two, and three. Bunnies for Life. Narrated by Ricky Whittle. Written by Nick Gilly. Music score and soundscape by Ron Blake. Produced by Avila Santo. A Black University production. <laughs>